Well, our speaker doesn't really need an introduction. He probably will ask for your prayers because this is a little different situation for him. Well, it's, uh, it is a little bit odd to be in this position, but it's okay. Um, I've called this stage my home for almost 20 years, and it feels a little less like home today, but it's okay. And I'm here with you because God's kind of lined it up. Joe, you do a great job. Thanks. Because he's lined it up to uh, have me come and speak today. And so the other great thing about it is, is that you're all family. And I look out across the crowd and I'm just like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. And I see your smiles and I'm like, you know, all that nervousness just kind of falls away. And it's good stuff because what I get to share with you today is stuff that God shared with me. And when he shared it with me and I'm like, wow, God, that's a lot of stuff. I don't, I mean, are you sure you want to, you know? And so then he's like, look, it's one thing. Just bring the one thing. Just narrow it down. Help them see the simplicity of my love and let's go. And so that's what I'm hoping that we'll do today is I converse with you and share with what God has put on my heart and we take a trip from point A to point B that it'll lead us to a destination where God wants us to go today. Um, before I do that, I want to kind of share about what God has given me for the, today and to uh, this next week because it's a two-part series. And yes, I'll be bringing uh, next week as well. And uh, it, uh, God has, has laid that on my heart. And the, the series title is 2020 Vision. And when we think about that, we think of ourselves uh, perfect vision, right? 2020. And, um, but when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about our year. 2020. Where does this have you going? And are you going in the right direction? Are you seeing things clearly as you step into 2020? And if it's not, maybe today can give you a little bit of understanding of how to see things with a little bit more focus. Mike, like my dog Cooper, let's just throw him up there. This is my dog, Cooper, and he is a little over one years old, and he's such a toddler. Isn't that right, Jude? That's what we say. Every time he gets, you are such a toddler, and he is crazy, but he is crazy on focus. And I learned in the first service, because Grant uh, told me as we were having this conversation, which I really appreciated him sharing this, I, I asked, I said, have you, ever, have you ever had a dog that's so focused on the ball? I mean, look at those eyes. I mean, the dude is like, that's my ball. I want that ball. Go ahead, throw it. I dare you. And so what we do is when we're, when we're playing with Cooper and he wants to play all the time. In fact, he wants to play so much all the time that he's so focused on the ball that he forgets to eat and he forgets to drink. And we're like, Coop, we're going to put the ball up now. And he's like, Oh my goodness, reality. And he'll go over to, you know, this bowl and he'll eat and things like this. But I found out from Grant today. I asked if anybody had had a dog that was so focused like this. And he raised his hand and, I, and he goes, Is that an Australian Shepherd 
um, mix or is that an Australian shepherd? And I said, yeah. And he says, well, that's what we have. And he is super focused. So I learned today that this is what happens. And I told him, I said, I throw the ball and he'll watch that thing bounce off the of walls and off a couch or whatever. And no matter where it bounces, he will grab his ball and he'll go back to where it bounced and he'll sniff and just, okay. And he learns like he's tracking the ball. And so he's just super, super focused. And so I thought, what a, what a great way to, to show you a focused thing, focused item, a focused, uh, a focused animal that is intent. So I wanted to share a scripture that is referenced to the 2020 vision this year, this year maybe for you and your life. And it says this. Let's read right here from the King James Version. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So I want to focus in on that first line. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And you're like, oh, that's great. I don't have a lot of vision. Does that mean that I'm going to die tomorrow or something? But it's interesting because when I dug into the scriptures a little bit on this, and I found out that this particular parish that's used in the scriptures was Hebrew. And that, that Hebrew uh, word is pronounced pahra. I don't know if the R is rolled or not, but I just did it. But anyway, pahra. And that, that uh, word means in Hebrew to be unconstrained. I've got to find my notes here. Unconstrained, directionless, to be blown about. So as I found out what this word means, I looked to, to see what, what it was attached to. Because a lot of times when you look at um, the forming of language, you, you start to see how things are all put together. And it states that this is a word for a woman's long hair that has been out of a scarf or whatever, and it's just like blowing uncontrollably in the wind, unconstrained, blown about. So when we look at this, we see there is, where there is no vision, the people are blown about. They're unconstrained. They're, they're uh, directionless. I think that's probably the best way we can maybe put it today. Hi, Emerson. He's a good friend. He gives me good hugs. I appreciate that, buddy. And high fives. And so, in our crossroads, uh, the way that, that we've uh, felt like the Lord has put us together in crossroads and, and has led, we have a vision statement, and I believe it's in your bulletin. On the back side, there's sermon notes and different things, and hopefully we'll hit all those points and all that good stuff. But let's read that, that vision statement. We're here to help people seeking spiritual truth become fully devoted followers of Christ. We're here to help people seeking spiritual truth become fully devoted followers of, of Christ, of Jesus Christ. So we want to help you on your journey and no matter where it finds you, to help you see clearly which way to go in life and to provide areas that we want to help and grow in maturity along the way. So we want you to have 2020 vision this year here at Crossroads as you grow and, and mature in Christ. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, we hope that you get to know him. Because the freedom that we find through him is immense. 
Let's pray together. God, I just want to say thank you for this opportunity. I praise you for who you are and for your amazing grace. From the song we just sang, it reminds us of such awesome, undeserving love. And you, we come to you today uh, asking for your presence to reside over our time together. And, and I ask that you'll just get me out of the way so that you can speak to the hearts. So you, may you receive all the praise. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, uh, it's now, if I had a little stool, I'd sit down. It's story time with Steve. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story about when I was in college. And uh, I'm going to share the fact that um, in this particular story, um, I was going through my, stepping into my third year of college and, and, uh, and I had just come back home to Freeport, Illinois after spending a pretty disappointing sophomore year. Well, Freeport is where Highland Community, uh, Highland Community, I almost said church, Highland Community College is at and where my parents were still at. And then there was this certain red-headed girl with a beautiful heart and a beautiful smile. And it was no longer, oh, that's Julie's friend from a couple years ago when I went to college. It was now Stacy Hammond. And she's here with me today. But I don't want to get sidetracked and I want to go on that rabbit trail because that's a really cool story in itself. But I had decided to come back to Highland Community College because it was a struggle that sophomore year and I just needed to refocus. So as I had made that decision and I got things going and I was finding myself involved in school, I was walking into a lecture room and I, I walking into the lecture hall and, and uh, if those that have been to college, you know, you, you, you've got kids sitting all around you and they've come in and just taken some seats and whatever and I found myself about in the middle, halfway up and looking down and he had a whiteboard uh, down there in the front and uh, I sat down and I grabbed my notes and I grabbed my, you know, my pencil and paper and all that good stuff and I'm... I, I glance to my left and see the people around me and I start to focus in. And the first thing I notice is somebody turned off a couple of the lights down by the whiteboard. I'm like, this isn't my first time in this room, but there are a couple of lights that are out. And I'm trying to now figure out what I was going to do to get that light turned on because I couldn't take notes. So I'm trying to figure this situation out, and I'm thinking, should I go down and just flip the light switch on? But then it occurred to me, maybe he wanted the lights off. So then I thought, well, maybe I should just raise my hand and interrupt this professor that was bringing this awe-inspiring, just hitting it out of the park about photosynthesis. photosynthesis, and I'm like, no, I can't do that. 
And I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, this is bugging me because I gotta, I've got to get the notes down. I've got them down. I've got I to gotta take the test eventually. I'm sure there's going to be a test soon. And, and so I'm starting to think, what have we got to do? I've got to find out what I've got to do down here. I mean, maybe his ink is running out of, or maybe his dry erase marker is running out of ink. So I just glance to my left again, and I see all these people in the same row, same distance away from the, the whiteboard, taking notes. I mean, just like photosynthesis. Yeah, bring it. Bring it, baby. You know. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> I'm like, I can't see. I, what is it? So I said, I just leaned over. I said, hey. Hey. She's like, yeah. Still trying to write notes. I'm like, is that are there some lights off down there? She's like, huh? I go, are there some lights that he's turned off down there by the board? And she's like, no. I'm like, is that not blurry to you? I mean, I can barely see it. She's like, what? No, it's fine. I'm like, I'm not kidding. That's blurry down there. And she looked at me again. She's like, she takes her glasses off and goes, here, try these. And so I go, as I'm bringing them over to myself, thinking, there is no way I need glasses. Thanks anyway. I put them on and I go, oh, oh my gosh. I need glasses. What in the world? So I'm, I'm doing this number. You know where you do this? You're checking it out. You know, and I'm, I'm like, and, and first of all, I was thinking, how in the world is her prescription what I need? Because it was. It was like, like somebody turned on the lights. So now I'm wanting to take notes. And she's going. I'm like, Right. So I hand it back to her. I go, I can't believe I need glasses. She goes, okay, fine, great. You need glasses. She goes back to her notes. And so now I'm like, so uh, can I get your notes after class? But here's the crazy thing about this whole thing. I don't know that I really recognized that it was getting dim before. I mean, it had to have been. I mean, I didn't just need glasses that day. Oh, you're going to go to lecture and you need glasses. I mean, it was a slow fade. Slow fade. And all of a sudden, I can't see the board anymore to take notes. I can't figure out what he's writing. There's no way that I'm going to make it through the class any longer if I don't get my eyes checked. I don't know where this finds you today. I don't know what the vision of your life looks like. But I do know this. We are all on the same journey through life. And when I mean same journey, we're all on a journey of life. Different places, different maturity. Um, some here, as I've made, made mention before, might... Know Jesus as your personal Savior. 
there might be some here that have no clue what I'm talking about when I say those words. In our life, we have a tendency of slow fades. I don't, I don't care if you've been a Christian for 20 years. The slow fade into blurriness like that is up there, and that might be just bugging the heck out of a lot of people, like, please stop that. Could happen over years, and it's so tough to distinguish what's happening. So today... I want us to take the trip closer to understanding how to refocus through the blurry, how to not bump into things as much when you're dealing with the area and the place that you're on and the journey that you're on right now. So, the first type of vision that we see, uh, the first type of blurriness, rather, that we see is the world's view and God's view. And it the world's view to God's view looks like that. I mean, it's super blurry. The world's view, we, we're just going to call it sin. And God's view is called holiness. So the clarity comes when we start to read in the scriptures because if we're going to gain any kind of clarity here, we need to go to the scriptures. Amen? Proverbs 21.2 says this. People might be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their heart. Let's read that again. People might be right in their own eyes, but the Lord is the one who exam examines their heart. So as I read those things and I think about that scripture and what that means, it means that as, the, as we are in the world and we have not found Jesus yet. We've not asked for forgiveness from the things that bog us down. And what is it that Eddie usually says? It's that muddy pit. We just find ourselves completely immersed in it. We're just, and talk about blurry. I mean, can't even get out of the pit. You know, we just keep on sinking back in there. We, we find that, that old habits and, and lying and maybe lusting after something or coveting or stealing or, um, Things, we're just doing things in a sinful way that drag us down and it gets blurry and we keep on bumping into things, stumbling through it, and we never can make it a difference in our life. We're like, what is going on? I'm, I'm so tired of this. And in fact, we do it so often that it no longer becomes blurry, it becomes blinding. And the sin becomes a blindness that just has us strangled now. We're just bumping into everything. We can't find our way through life because sin is in the way. And then we find out about Jesus. And we find out that he died for us and he was put on the cross to save you and me from the sin the stuff that bogs us down, that keeps us in the pit, that where we thought there was no hope, he now pulls us out and says, because of what I did, you are forgiven. You don't have to do anything, but just accept me as your Lord and Savior. 
Admit you're a sinner. Believe that I'm the one. And believe that your sins will be forgiven and confess it and you're forgiven. And the freedom that comes from that helps us to get a clear vision. Just like that. Now we've got lenses that are, that are seeing through Jesus' lenses and we're starting to understand. And, it, and it's, it's no, no longer something that has caused blindness or even blurriness. Now we're starting to see things clearer. We're starting to see that, that sin is something we need to refrain from and we need to push it aside. In fact, we need to get a, a little bit further away from the mud pit because if we stay around the mud pit, we're just going to slip right back down into it. But I tell you what, we, when we find ourselves close to the mud pit over and over and over and over again, we become numb, right? And we think, well, I'm not next to the mud pit. And just like Eddie says, we've got one foot in the mud pit and we've got one foot outside. And it's just, it's just, God's like, come on, center yourself here, focus, because I've got bigger and better things for you, a vision for your life that is so clear and dynamic and awesome and just step away from the mud pit, don't, don't sin anymore, don't, don't do those things that create such bad habits and then you feel guilty and it just drives you right down. Focus through what my son sees. Focus because it's his love that sets you free from that. So as Christians, we find ourselves now on the path and, and we're finding ourselves uh, realizing, okay, yep, it's good to stay from, away from the pit. It's good to refocus. It's good to establish what's sin and what's not. And, and then we're going pretty good. And, and the next thing we know, we see a Christian, uh, another fellow Christian brother and sister, and they're doing something that we called sin. And all of a sudden, some things get blurry again. Well, that person... That person, is, I, I, don't, I don't believe that drinking is good. Now, one person says, I don't think that drinking, even, I'm not even going to touch the alcohol to my lips. I'm, no. And yet, uh, this person over here who calls himself a Christian is drinking. What is this all about? Or, or we, we go over to... Um, things in our life, and that's just one example, right? Or we go to a person and say, well, I don't believe that smoking is something that, that we should do as a Christian. I don't think it's a very good testimony. But there's that gal over there. She's smoking, and she's a Christian. What's, what's going on? So all of a sudden, the things around, the way we see through Jesus' lens, is they, they get a little blurry again. And we start to judge our fellow brother and sister in Christ, and we're like, I don't know if they even know Jesus the way I know him. Did you know that, did you know that that's not the first time that's ever happened? I mean, right here, modernly, in those things that I've mentioned, I don't know if something else might refer to maybe something that you may have uh, looked at another person or another denomination, another church person, and you're like, well, they do that, but we don't. That just seems weird, or I don't understand that. And maybe even so, so severe that we say, well, that, I think that, I don't know that they're right. In fact, I think they're off. It, 
It's not the first time because Paul deals with it in Corinth. So let's, let's read this real quick. This is from the message. I, I picked the message version because it's really cool. Looking at it one, it one way, you could say, hey, anything goes. Because of God's immense generosity and grace, we don't have to dissect or scrutinize every action to see if it will pass muster. But the point is not to just get by. We want to live well. But our foremost efforts should be to help others live well. Eddie's gone through Corinthians with us um, a lot. You know, we've been going through that book. And in the 13th chapter later on, we're going to talk a little bit more about the love. The love that is represented in our lives and how that's shared with others. So how does this pertain? We, we look at how, how now Christians see things. And, and I thought you said, okay, Steve, you're gaining more focus when you become a Christian. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're saying, but there's blurriness there too. I said, yeah, that's the truth. The thing is, is that when we start to judge others for the non-essentials, we got to catch ourselves. Um, maybe I'll put it this way. Essentials are the principles that God has given us. For instance, Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not have any other gods before thee, before me, or before God, right? Don't covet your neighbor's wife or his stuff. Don't lust after the, okay, principles, right? The things we know are direct sins. Then there's the non-essentials that we sometimes, as a people of Christ, get sideways on, and we start to make it a heavy on other people, like the things that I've mentioned before. We start judging people. We start judging them. I don't really know if they're even in, in Christ. And, and Paul doesn't just d deal with this in Corinthians. He actually deals with this in, uh, in Romans uh, in, in the 14th chapter. And I don't, I don't believe you have that. Or do you have that one? Anyway, um, in, the, in the 12th and 13th verse, it reads like this. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble or fall. So he's dealing with these folks in another church and he's, he's talking to them um, about the fact that these folks were, some of them were going and eating uh, a certain meat. Uh, I think the meat was... Uh, uh, provided at a banquet to idols. At least it was in Corinth, and so I'm trying to remind myself about this one in Romans. It might have been where one side was more vegetarian and the other one was meat, and they were saying, look, if you eat meat, you're, you're sinning. And the other ones were like, look, if, if you feel like that, then you're sinning because you feel like that, and you're judging me. And so they come to Paul and like, what do you think? And he says, look, this is a non-essential have you checked your heart? Have you checked your focus? 
So as Christians, we need to double check ourselves. When it comes down to it, are we judging other Christians? We've got to be careful. But the other side of it is this. If there is something a new Christian sees and they've dealt with and they've struggled with, and maybe they came out of alcoholism and they struggled with that, do you think that Steve Hollis would, hey, let's, let's just spill that all over the place. Let's, let's just go have a beer to this dude that just got away from that. And yet he's a Christian. Well, I, I don't have any problem with drinking. So, I mean, it shouldn't be a problem for him, right? What is it just saying that from Romans? It says, it says, uh, decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. So, refocus, right? We got to shift our paradigms. Do you know what a paradigm is? No, it's not 20 cents. But, but Aaron, where are you when I need you, buddy? A paradigm is the way we look at things, the way we personally look at things. And sometimes we have to shift our vision, the way we look at things. The first time I ever heard about paradigm shift was with Steve, Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey is this guru guy of personal self-help, and he, he's just this really, uh, he puts things such a neat way. He tells the story like this, where he had a paradigm shift. He had just gotten done with like a really, really tough day at work, and he finds himself on the subway, and he gets on the subway, and he just wants to sit, and he wants to just read his paper, and so he sits down, he's like, oh. Well, right behind him comes three kids and a dad. And these kids are so unruly, and they're bouncing all over the place, and boom, 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 right? And he's like looking at the dad, and he's like, what's going on? Do you not see what's going on here? I mean, can you... So finally, he puts his newspaper down because they're just getting really bad and they're swinging off the railings and everything else. And he says, sir, uh, can you take some control of your children? I mean, they're just wreaking havoc across this whole car. He, he kind of came out of a stumber. He kind of had had his hands down. And he's like, what? What? Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Are they bothering you? You know, they're... They're really loud, and I mean, I was just going to try to read my paper, and he goes, I'm so sorry. He said, their, their mother, my wife, just passed away, and, and I just left the hospital, and I don't know what to do. I, I'm just beside myself. And Stephen Covey was grabbed by the throat in a sense where he said, oh my goodness, I am so sorry. How can I help you? And his, his focus, his, the way he was seeing things and, and viewing those kids all of a sudden changed and it was a shift that he needed. So as Christians, we need to sometimes shift our paradigm and look at another fellow believer and figure out, is there something there that I can help or is there something that I can do? 
Is there some way that I am causing them to stumble? Is there some way that I can help bring them into better focus to our Lord? And so we get closer and we start, we, we get more mature in our, in our viewing and, and we see more about what God wants to see. And this is where I want to take us to Corinthians, where in the 13th chapter, it talks about his love and what we need to be doing. So let's read it. And I really, really, really have liked the message in the way that it's been put in all this. We don't see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist, but it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then. See it as clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly as he knows us. But for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us toward the consummation. Trust steadily in God. Hope unswervingly. Love extravagantly. And the best of these three, everybody say it, love. Why? Because the love of God, first and foremost, where does the love of God take us? For the love of our brother and sister, not just in Christ, but those around us. And we've got to continue to work on our focus and our vision and clear it up so we can see him clearly. So, I'm going to wrap it up today, and I hope that what you've heard is that whether it's sin that's got you blurry, whether it's misaligned thinking that's got you blurry, whether it's something else that you keep bumping into, that you'll step out of this place and you'll find yourself focusing in a little bit tighter, looking and going to the Word and saying, Father, how have I seen this before? And how do I need to get clear focus? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you for what you're doing in Crossroads and how you're working in us and how you're continuing to, to mature us and to, to help us to grow. Lord, none of us here are going to make it uh, to be perfect here on earth. But Lord, you call us to uh, a higher calling as we come to know you. And it's so important that uh, we see things a little bit more clearly than what we maybe have in the past. And so my prayer for all of uh, the people that are here, my family, that are here today, is that they'll see things more as you see things, that we focus on the things that are godly, holy, rather than the things that will want to drag us down. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.